Just a quick note, our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pod is to present English in its most natural form. What this means is that every now and then one or two uh, bad words might slip through the net. So just a warning that this episode contains a little bit of adult language. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Hello, hello. Welcome to Two Teas in a Pod. My name's Tim. And my name's Katie. And our topic today is food. Glorious food. Um, what have we got on the show today, Katie? We have got some Vox Pops on food. What is a Vox Pop? Just a Vox Pop is a, a short kind of snippet. Oh. A short interview. A short interview with a person about talking about a particular topic. Mm-hmm. In, okay. in this case, it happens to be food today. Okay, cool. And what have we got on the show after that? We also have some interviews uh, with some people who are related, who do foodie things, and they are bringing in some food for us to taste, which I'm quite excited about. Mm. What else have we got on, Tim? We also have uh, five ways to say, so our vocabulary section, and it's all vocabulary related to food. But first, Tim, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Um, Well, I generally like most foods. I think my favorite food at the moment, and I'm definitely hooked on sushi. Ooh. Mm, I love the sushi. I actually had sushi for dinner on Friday night. Yeah. And then I had it again on Saturday night. The same sushi? No. Uh, oh. One Friday night was sushi, takeaway sushi from a place in Barcelona. And last night was uh, sushi, homemade sushi at my friend's house. He made the sushi. Oh. His girlfriend bought him a really nice uh, sushi book for Christmas. And it's got all the recipes and the techniques and like a whole chapter on just how to cook the rice, a whole chapter on how to cut the fish. And he made like three, four different types of it, Don't really you have to, to cook the rice? Don't you have to have like trained for nine years in mm-hmm. some special school? Yeah, like you have to spend two years just watching other people cook rice or something. Before you can even touch the rice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's an urban myth, but that's what they say about uh, sushi chefs. So yeah, at the moment, I'd say my favorite food is uh, sushi. But I also like other Japanese food, like ramen. Mm-hmm. I like Mexican food. I like Italian food. Mm-hmm. I love food. What about you? <laughs> I like food as well. I'm a big fan of food. Yeah, food is good. Mm-hmm. I have certain food weaknesses, which is normally anything made with potatoes. Yeah, Pota- any potato-related mm-hmm. food. Love the potatoes. Yeah, carbs. Yeah. In general. I love crisps. Um, oh my gosh. So hooked on crisps. Yeah. Cravings for crisps. I get cravings for crisps. Salt and vinegar flavoured crisps. <gasps> oh. You know the best the best one though is prawn cocktail. That ah. is that is the best flavour of crisp. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to get in Spain. Well yeah, my it's... my corner shop used to have prawn cocktail flavoured crisps and they've stopped selling them. That's and I <laughs> I I shed a tear. I cry most days. <laughs> Remembering what it was like to have prawn cocktail, prawn cocktail crisps readily available. Um, hey, did you um, did you ever eat anything weird as a teenager like, or as a kid? You know, when your mum was like out of the house or like wasn't looking or wasn't in the kitchen. Um, what I <laughs> used to do eat weird things. 
every time my mum wasn't there and it was our our opportunity to cook whatever we wanted was to make eggy bread or French toast, as the Americans call it. Oh, that sounds very sophisticated. Um, but make it really badly and make a horrible mess. Like, <laughs> but I don't know, we always used to do it like, right, mum's not here. It's French toast time. Crack out, crack the eggs. Exactly. Um, but yeah. I, that sounds I, very sophisticated. That's not what I was thinking. No. I used to, <laughs> if mum wasn't in the house, my sister, we had, my sister would be, you know, doing something annoying in the kitchen and I'd be there and I, I, you know, just crack out the white bread. Yeah. And you know, you used to get the green and red tomato ketchup. Okay. <laughs> I used to put, so we had the green and the the red tomato ketchup and I used to put a stripe of red across the bread, a stripe of green. And so make it like stripey and then put another slice of bread on top of that. So it was just two, it was just a a tomato ketchup sandwich and eat it. Yeah. Well, they're (laughs) very popular in the UK. Ketchup sandwiches, ketchup and crisp sandwiches. But it wasn't even any crisps in there. It was just tomato ketchup. Really gross to think about it now. Um, are there any foods you don't like? I'm not a big fan of cauliflower. Really? Yeah, I, it's the smell. I don't know. I can have it if it's like been dismantled entirely. <laughs> <laughs> like shredded. Okay, so if it's like chopped up and put into something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. do, you not, um, do you not like anything? Um... I don't like organs, mm, like eating oh, okay. like kidneys or heart or like tripe. It's very common here in Spain to have the dishes where it's like tripe, so pieces of stomach lining chopped up and stewed and everyone's like, oh, it's really nice. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's disgusting. I think I could have anything if it was like, again, dismantled. If As long as it's been completely, as long as it doesn't look like what it originally looked like. Yeah, okay. So. I'm fine with it. Okay, you can just sort of imagine it's something else and eat it. A lot of the thing is to do with texture. But I'm Scottish, mm-hmm. so haggis basically is organs. Mm-hmm. It is yeah, all yeah. of that. I do like haggis. Um, for well, our listeners counts. who don't know what haggis is, it's. Uh, can you explain what a haggis is? Uh, haggis traditionally is all of the offal, which is the, all of the, the parts of the cow or sheep that you don't wouldn't normally eat, like the organs and things all whizzed up with some oats and loads of spices. And then traditionally it's cooked in uh, the the stomach of a sheep and then yeah. that is then um, split open. And it's just, it's, nowadays it's more like, it's I think it's a plastic coating, I think it comes in, but it's like nutty and spicy. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's, there's a meaty element, but you don't really know. And it's just really, it's really tasty. Oh, people are really put off by that description, but it's, for me, it's one of my favourite foods. It is delicious. Yeah, it's so good. I was in Edinburgh. Well, we saw each other in Edinburgh yeah. over the summer and we had some haggis. Um, maybe we'll include uh, on our Facebook page, we can put a link to a YouTube video of how haggis is made. See what people Yeah, think. that's a good yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I want to see how it's made. No, I, I don't, don't know. I don't recommend my, watching that my video. My dad did the address to the haggis yeah which is robert burns mm, Robbie burns Robbie burns mm-hmm. and it's like a ceremonial process where you have to um salute the haggis and do things to it before you eat it that sounds i wish i could re- i wish i could remember it of something off the top yeah. of my heart i actually my videoed my dad doing it so i could upload the video of my dad <gasps> that's such a good idea do you <laughs> think he'd appreciate it? i think he'd love it 
There, brilliant. Yeah, Let's yeah. put it on a Facebook page. Yeah, exactly. Sounds That's good. a great idea. So, one last question. If yeah. you could um, eat food from only one country or culture for the rest of your life, so you have to choose, for example, food from I don't know, Mexican food, Italian food, um, and that's the only thing you can eat for the rest of your life, what uh, country or culture's food would you choose? Um, I initially would have said Asian food, like Malaysian, Malaysian-Asian food. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was, my parents used to live there, and when I was over there for the summer, I just, and there was, I got to a point where, because food's so cheap, you just ate out all the time. You could eat, you could eat out for less than a euro. So uh, when I got to the end of the summer, I was just kind of going crazy. I was just I was so sick of noodles and just mm-hmm. things flavoured with coconut and lemongrass. I was just so fed up of it. I really was really craving a burger. Yeah. So I went to, I looked around all around a town to find a burger joint and I went and had a pretty average burger. So I'm not sure. I mean, although I would would have said Asian, but at the end of three months, I was I was sick of it. So maybe okay. I wouldn't say Asian. Okay. But I think you've got to go with the classic. You've got to go with Italian. Mm-hmm. If I was on like an, a vegetarian Italian diet, I love vegetarian. I love vegetarian lasagna. It's so good. Yeah. I'm not vegetarian, but I love vegetarian food. It's delicious. Vegetarian Italian all mm-hmm. the way. Because if you think about Italian, there's lots of stuff. You've got, so much stuff. You Lots think, of variety. Immediately you think pizza, pasta. Mm-hmm. You've also got risotto. Cheese. Cheese. Mozzarella. Mozzarella. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah, so even if you get bored of pizza and pasta, you can have really good salads. Yeah. And then you can have a risotto. Yeah. And Tripe. Tripe. <laughs> the it's popular there tripe. too, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I would go for Italian. Um, oh, we can be Italian together. Yeah, Italian food buddies. <laughs> vegetarian or not edu- vegetarian? Um, well, I do really like meat, but I could, I could eat um, vegetarian stuff. I had a ve- all vegetarian lunch the other day. It was for, it was Italian as well as focaccia with uh, brie and leeks. Oh, ooh. It was really good. And then a pumpkin lasagna. Oh, oh, hello. 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 It was delicious. <laughs> um, but today we're going to try some foods from different cultures. We've Ooh. got some people coming in and they're going to let us try some tasty dishes and talk about the recipes and the history of the dishes. So I'm really looking forward to that as I'm a little bit hungry. Are you? Yeah. I had a sandwich before we started. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Cheeky. it, I didn't think about this. Cheeky. Anyway, on with the rest of the show. Ta-da! So welcome, Nicole. Thank you very much for coming. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Good. So if you just want to explain a little bit about who you are and your Southern Food Project... Okay. Well, my name's Nicole. I've been living in Barcelona for, gosh, over a decade now, so make me feel old. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I started up a kind of supper club pop-up event that I've been doing in different locations, currently kind of out of my living room, uh, dinners with Southern Southern, uh, United States American soul food as the basis of it. And just mainly trying to cook good old comfort food 
just like your grandma used to. <laughs> mm-hmm, nice. I went to the last one you did and the food was amazing. It was delicious. Oh, and, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, what was it? Brisket we, you did last time. Yeah, last time we did the brisket, um, collard greens, but with kale instead. There was like sweet potato mash mm-hmm. and green beans. I'm almost forgetting the menu now. Yeah, and some uh, sautéed green beans with some crispy shallots on top. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was great. Um, and you just did a, a night last night, right? How did that go? Last night was great. Yeah, we just did a, our gumbo supper club uh, pop-up last night. Had about 16 people there, and it seemed to go really well. Everyone um, enjoyed themselves. It's a nice mix, different people trying to get... I love to gather people around the table that are just from different walks of life so that maybe you can sit next to someone that you would most likely maybe never talk to, have a good conversation with them, drink some good wine, stuff yourself silly full of really <laughs> good, ta- tasty, rich food, and and then have a good evening together. So everyone seemed to enjoy it. They seemed very happy and very full by the time they left. So. <laughs> Fantastic. It is a good bringer together of people. Food, food is a very good bonding community experience absolutely but can you tell us a bit about the history of the of the southern food well yeah southern food uh, through different parts or different states in the south every little bit has their own history to it the the food that i made last night gumbo originated more in louisiana new orleans area uh with gumbo it's a mix of cultures so you're mixing west african culture um with french influence and when you know they had french colonies there and it was a mixing of the two so you have west african flavors mixed with traditional french technique of cooking is more or less gumbo i mean gumbo starts off with a roux which is a very french basis of cooking it's it's the quick well quickest way no but one of the ways that you can start to make a base of any soup if you look in old uh, french cookbooks you have to make a roux which is butter and flour or any type of fat, really, and flour. You can make it with oils, olive oil. Make sure flour, you cook it down until it becomes a paste. And then you can, then from there, that's where the gumbo begins. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, you add, once you make the roux, you add the Holy Trinity, which if you ever look at Southern cookbooks, you will see this quite a lot. So the Holy Trinity consists of onions, celery, and bell peppers. Mm-hmm. So you mix those three in with the roux. You let that cook for a little bit, and then you have to. You can add the rest of the vegetables, the stock, um, tomatoes if you want to put tomatoes in your gumbo, and you go from there. Gumbo, the way I make it, it, it consists of a lot of parts. So what I just described is only one step. The very first step is you. Well, what I made last night was um, I made a prawn, chicken, and sausage gumbo. Oh my gosh, my mouth is watering. (laughs) With a little bit of bacon. With bacon as well. With bacon as well. You can have all the meats if you want. All the meat. So you have to really first start off cooking the bacon. You want to render the fat out. Then you add the, once you cook the bacon, you remove that. Then you put the chicken in, you brown it, you take that out. Then you can put the sausage in, you brown that, then you take the sausage out. Then some people like to cook the okra in the same pot that you've just cooked all the meats in. I usually do it in a different pot. Um, So in a different pot, then you cook the okra separately. And okra, if you've ever used it, it's, um, it's a very slimy plant. 
So you have to kind of cook all the slime out, which takes around 20 minutes or so to do that. Once the okra is cooked, then you start the roux process. So I explained it first, but that's about the third thing in the, in the step of making it. And once you finish with the roux, you add the Holy Trinity, then you can add everything else back in. Okay. Then you add the stock, tomatoes, and you let it sit for at least an hour or longer to cook. I love to do it and keep it cooking until the chicken falls off the bone. So oh. I usually cook it with thigh meat. Mm. So yeah, so it's super nice, super tender. And I usually make my own kind of Creole spice blend as well because the spicier the gumbo, the better in my mind. Mm, me too, I love spicy food. Is this one spicy? This one that I brought today, is, it's got a little bit of a kick to it, yeah. It, you know, for delicate palates, I you might want to be a little bit careful. But if you <laughs> okay. like spice, you, it will def- you'll be happy. <laughs> Should we dig in? Should we try some? Yes. Yeah. It's sitting it. here on the table. We can smell it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's really making my mouth water. Okay, you go first, Katie. Oh, okay. So, um, so, yeah. So, what I brought for you today is the vegetarian gumbo. And it's... With the Holy Trinity that I'd mentioned earlier, along with some vegan uh, calabacin or uh, pumpkin sausage, some mushrooms and some zucchini as well. Mm. Mm. Mm, That's so creamy. Oh, wow. That is so creamy. Oh, it's quite spicy. Yes. It's quite spicy. It's definitely got a kick. Oh, it's delicious, though. It's so good. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't producer Ben wants to try some. Should we give some to him? Yeah. Yeah, go on then. Have a spoon. Yeah. Try and not say anything, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, um, really tender, like you say. Yeah. I can imagine mm-hmm. the meat going on there so well, like chicken. I, yeah, I wish I wish I had some to bring you, but everyone, they ate all of it last <laughs> night. <laughs> it definitely proved popular. Oh, very um, much so. Oh, it's delicious. Just, yeah. Oh, good. Really glad you enjoy it. There's just so many different flavors, like depth of flavor in there. That's, I mean, that's mainly what gum for me. What the gumbo really is, it, it it's all about building up flavor. That's why, other than cooking the okra, okra in a separate pan, everything else gets cooked in the same pot. Mm-hmm. So you're really just building on it, building on it, building on it. Most of the time. Gumbo's actually always better the next day, mm-hmm. right? So like curry. Yeah, exactly. You give it that time to marinate and really let the flavors uh, develop and, and evolve a bit more. So I always, if I ever make gumbo, I usually make it the night before and let it sit. <laughs> so what's the, what's the idea behind what you're doing now? Uh, the idea from, for the pop-ups that I'm doing now and like the supper club that I'm trying to start is just, I really started missing this food. I really started missing this slow cooking, Southern slow cooking. I mean, that's, to me, that's what soul food is. It's the traditional American cuisine. When people say what's American cuisine, soul food. Cause it's the first thing that really um, everyone was cooking. And it's a memory that people have with it. So f- when I started it, it was mainly because I missed eating that food and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I thought, okay, let me start getting better at making it. <laughs> and experimenting more with flavors. And I want to, the more that I realized I was missing it and I talked to other people about it, more other people were in, were interested in it as well. So it's like, okay, let's see what we can do and invite friends to it and try to get some new people that I don't know to enjoy. 
Fantastic. And what's the name of the supper club? It is um, Sarah Juliet's Southern Kitchen. And then we do supper clubs, but we also do different pop-up events depending on if there's other foodie events happening in the city or different um, art events, things like that. We try to get out there a little bit more. But this is Sarah Juliet's Supper Club. Okay. And where does the name come from? The name comes from my two grandmothers. They're both, uh, I, I mean, I grew up in Southern California and Atlanta as well. So home for me now is Atlanta when I do go back to the States. But both of my grandmothers are from the South, from Birmingham and from Tallahassee, Florida. And they were the big cooks in my family. So it's kind of an homage to them. They're both names. One was Sarah, one was Juliet. So Sarah Juliet, Southern Kitchen. Okay, great. And when's your next event? Wow, my next event. I've got two coming up in March. The first one's going to be March 11th. Uh, again, it's going to do the supper club at my house, but it's Sunday, March 11th. And this is the smoked meat Sunday roast that I'm going to be doing. So it's a nice afternoon event. Start around 2 p.m. And I have another one on the 17th of March that I'm teaming up with... Um, Teaming up with two other ladies that own a bodega down in Sants called Uncorked Bodega. And they're a lovely new concept in Barcelona. They feature, um, they do different tastings and samples. The wines that they sell are Catalan, Spanish, and South African based, which is really quite interesting. Both of the owners are like Irish and a South African woman. So they bring an interesting kind of concept to that Um and yeah, I'm going to be teaming up with them, doing a tasting, going to be four wines with uh, four small little tastes of food, and it'll evolve all Southern based as well. Sounds amazing. Sounds so good. Um, what was that meat? What kind of meat? Just it's going to be beef. It's going to be beef, beef, but we're going to do a smoked, smoked beef roast. Smoked beef Smoked roast. beef roast for Sunday lunch. So it's not going to be your traditional English roast. No? It's definitely going to be Southern style. <laughs> so we'll have, probably have the roast with some collard greens and black eyed peas to go with it. And where can people find out about? People can find out about that. You can follow us on Instagram at SJ Southern Kitchen or on Facebook under the same Sarah Juliet Southern Kitchen. We have a Facebook page. Fantastic. We'll link it on our Facebook page as yeah. well. So people can... Um, book in. Yeah, find us where we are exactly. Try to go to the next event. Fantastic. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks a lot for coming on the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for the food. It was delicious. So glad you enjoyed it. So, Nicole, there's some differences, food-related differences between British English and American English, which is something... The right way and the wrong way, (laughs) but, you know... Exactly, the right way and the the wrong way. way. Right, right. (laughs) So there's lots of arguments. Um, I think the biggest one and the most... uh, Well, not important, but the the most visible one is probably the difference between chips and crisps. Yes, yeah. You did chips, crisps, potato chips, though. Mm -hmm. You have crisps. You also have... What are some other ones? I mean, you have... Courgette. Yeah, courgette. And, and you say zucchini. Zucchini, which just, I mean, getting it from the Italians. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a courgette. It's a courgette. But it's a zucchini. That's from the French, because that's French. Yeah, but I'm going for Italy over here. Okay, fair enough. Go okay. Italy. Let's rewind a minute. What is uh, a chip to you? 
what is a chip to me? A uh, potato chip. So it's the thinly sliced fried, because everything tastes better, fried, mm-hmm. <laughs> fried potatoes that you buy in the store. There's loads of different brands that you can pick up. So okay. for me, that is a that is a chip. Like Lay's and Walker's. Lay's, Walker's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But to us, Doritos. Chips, chips would be French fries. So in McDonald's, we get a burger and chips. Yeah. Like the Fish and chips. But, my, yeah. but you just said French fries. So like, you know, well. burger and fries really is, is the correct <laughs> collocation I think you're looking for, wow. Tim. Depends where you are. Burger mm. and chips. Burger oh. and chips. Oh. Fish, fish and chips. You don't say fish and fries. That's that weird. weird. That sounds silly. Um, Maybe in America because we don't really do fish and <laughs> chips. But <laughs> burger and fries sounds fine for me. <laughs> so another one is um, biscuit. A, a biscuit oh. for us is like something like a, a digestive biscuit, a cookie, I suppose. Sweet, no? It's sweet. Dip it's it in your crunchy. tea. Put it in your tea. You yeah, dip you it in your tea. Cookies in your tea, you know? Yeah. Not, yeah, biscuits. Biscuits in the States are totally different. Biscuits are usually more savory uh, that you would have at dinner time, meal time with, I don't know, soup, the gumbo we were talking about earlier. You could have a biscuit with that, chili, something like that. But in the States, biscuit, biscuits are usually for more savory like dishes. Like breadier, aren't they? And they're breadier, yeah. You make it with a bit of flour, milk, butter. Mm-hmm. And that's what you would make it with. They can be thick, fluffy, dense. If, if you get them wrong, they're really dense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me, actually. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind having one of them. Mm-hmm. And another one is, this is my favorite one. I think this is such a funny word, eggplant. <laughs> Why do you call it an eggplant? It's purple. It's I, I don't. I've o- actually always wondered this question myself, but I've just come growing up in the states. You just come to accept that that's what it's called. It's weird. That's I didn't really hear of aubergine weird. until I moved to Europe, or mm-hmm. it's just not a word that we use in the states. Maybe now, but back in my day, okay. yeah. And then you tend to steal some words from Spanish. No, you would say. What would you say? We'd say coriander, and you oh, would yeah. say? Cilantro. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about American English is we, we really just take, we take everyone else's <laughs> vocabulary and words and we make it our own and then we butcher the pronunciation to it. Oh. <laughs> and like you also, make it your own, that's all. Yeah. We do. We do, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we say chickpeas and you say? Garbanzos. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, again, what? Do you guys know the root of garbanzos? Is it not Spanish? It is, isn't it? It's a Spanish word. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is it's a Spanish word. It's Spanish, but... Okay. Chickpeas does sound a bit weird. Chickpeas. I mean, that, yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. is a strange one. Yeah. That is a strange Chick one. Chickpeas. I mean, they, they look like peas. And they're the color of chicks. <laughs> oh, but maybe it's because they have the end of the... Um, the end of it looks like a little beak. Ah, oh, that's true. A chick, a chick is a baby chicken. Yeah. Okay. Or to be act, to be to be correct, a baby hen. Okay. Okay. Accuracy counts. Yeah. Accuracy, guys. So that was our little chat about American versus British English. Obviously, the British English is right. They're the ones we should be learning. Listen, let's not talk too much about Britain being right. Let's just leave. Let's, let's just not leave talk about this. America being right. Either. <laughs> let's just Neither agree. of them are right. <laughs> There's so many forms of English. Exactly. We'll International that. English. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. It was brilliant. B-O-X-P-O-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-B
So we're talking to Abby. Uh, he's from the Dominican Republic, and he's come to talk to us about some Dominican food. Um, Abby, could you tell us a little bit about your uh, the history of your your love for cooking and uh, food? Yes, sure. Um, I learned to cook when I was twelve, more or less. Yeah, my mum used to say, "Well, you have to learn to cook because when you grow up, imagine I'm not there. Someone will have to look after your siblings. I'm the oldest one, so I was like, okay." I learned to do all the housework at home, and cooking is probably my favorite. So yeah, that's more or less how I learned to cook, and I like to do it, especially if it's for other people, you know? Like, you put more passion into it, as this thing I brought for you today. So what is a, what is a typical Dominican dish? The most typical one is called La Bandera, and but you have also others like sancocho which is like a broth uh with a lot of root vegetables and uh meat for example beef pork chicken and you also have so it's three things yeah root vegetables meat and i can't remember the other part other kinds of vegetables uh lots of them i don't know um Carrots, um, potatoes, sweet potato, which we call batata, and all the root vegetables imaginable, like um, ñame, yautia, yuca, pipiota. I'm sorry, I don't know the names of that in English. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if they even have a translation. (laughs) No problem. Um, And what's the dish that you bought for us today? La bandera, of course. Um, Sorry, there was another one I wanted to tell you about, which you have tried i think <laughs> uh the plantain pie ah yeah we I call that, that pastelon de platano mm-hmm. and that's very typical as well but yeah today i've brought la bandera and yeah it consists of white rice beans which we call uh habichuelas guisadas okay and chicken which we call pollo guisado but it's like brown stew chicken so there are three different dishes, but you eat them all like combined as only one. So you have to make them all separately. And it takes time, a lot of preparation, a lot of ingredients, a lot of patience, love and passion. <laughs> love and passion. Okay, brilliant. Um, what's the history of the dish? Do you know? Well, I don't know too much, but it's called La Bandera because it somehow represents our flag. Um, you know, it's got three main colors, blue, red, and yellow, yellow, no, sorry, (laughs) blue, red, and white. So the rice is like the white part of La Bandera, and the chicken is supposed to be the red one. And I would also say the beans because they are red, so I don't know where the blue goes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Are they like black beans? No, they're red. Red beans. Maybe, uh, Maybe it's like, you could see the red is like a purple. Which is kind of blue. Mm, and then, yeah, it turns into blue or something. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay, great. So, should we give it a try? Yes. Let's yes, try. Let's crack it open. Yeah. I hope that you like Three it. Three Tupperwares um, in front of us. Ooh. Ooh. What's this one, then? Is that the chicken? Yep. Oh, and I've got the rice good. here. And that's the rice, yes. Ooh, oh, it smells amazing. Are you open that one? I'll open that one. So, we're supposed to combine all three together? Yeah. You, you should... Take uh, a plate, right, and then serve the rice because, like, the base 
Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that could work. <laughs> and then you put the yourself the beans, okay, around it, and then on top in the center the chicken. Right. Okay. You could also have like side dish, for example, avocado or flat fried plantain or green salad or stuff like that. But this is the main thing, you know. Okay. Oh gosh. Let's stop and get some plates. Okay, so I've got we've got plates and we've got the rice and then the beans in the middle and then the chicken on the top as per Abby's instructions. Mm. Is it good, Tim? I haven't tried it yet. Oh wow, the beans with the rice. I've only tried that so far, but it's amazing. Oh, the chicken looks so good. Mm. Oh, beans and rice. I could eat beans and rice forever. Really? Oh, yeah. Could you? Yeah. I love beans. That's funny because I, I don't eat that much rice nowadays. And I grew up eating rice every single day. Well, not every single day, but six days a week maybe. And the day we didn't eat rice for lunch, at night my mom had to make it. She had to cook. Because <laughs> my father was like, I haven't eaten rice today. I need rice. <laughs> so we are so used to eating that. And that's a funny thing because ever since I moved to Spain, like my my diet so more or less changed and how's your diet change um i don't know i guess i've got used to eating or having a more varied diet maybe and of course eating spanish food as well and because the thing is that spanish spanish sorry dominican cuisine I think it requires a lot of preparation, anything you want to do. Well, not... Yeah, but most of the good stuff, you know, it requires lots of preparation. The the plantain pie, for example, boof, it took me nearly two hours. And the sancocho, boof, <laughs> it's like three hours maybe. So if you want really good stuff, you, you must be ready and... <clears throat> sorry, you must have made up your mind beforehand that you're going to be in the kitchen for three hours. Mm -hmm. So it's like slow cooking. Yeah. Like a long time, yeah, lots yeah. of flavors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. The, the chicken is so tender, oh. falling off the bone. Cool. I'm glad mm. you like it. I've given so up good. on the fork. I'm just eating my <laughs> Yeah, that's what we do actually back home. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah, like we just forget about forks and stuff and have it in your hands and so talk us through the the process, the recipe of making this dish. Okay, um, ingredients. Uh, the only easy thing, maybe what well, you know, only, uh, is that you need the same ingredients for both the beans and the chicken. So you need garlic, onion, carrot. Well, it's not really necessary, but well, you could add onion, uh, carrot. Sorry. What else? Parsley, celery if you want. Celery and carrots, I mean, you can add it, but it's not necessary. Um, oregano as well, if you want. Lemon. And stock cube, tomato sauce. Cilantro as well. Oil, salt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the classic things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's all. Then, of course, chicken, beans, and rice. So what's the what's the process? What's the recipe you have to follow? Okay, well, as I said before, the easiest thing to make is a rice. So the traditional way to, to, to make the rice 
you take a pot, okay, on a low heat, maybe medium low if you want, and you add oil, then a little bit of salt. So the salt needs to fry, so to speak, okay, and then you add water. But you need to be careful, you might get burnt a little bit. <laughs> so oh then, uh, <laughs> and you'll see like how it goes up. Woof. So you let the water boil, and it's boiling you at the rice, and then it will get dry, and then you cover it. And then, of course, you put it on a low heat until it's done. It will take nearly seven, ten minutes. And that's how you make the rice. Ideally, well, ideally, no, I mean, but I usually make the last because it's the easiest one, so I just. I first make the beans and the chicken. Today, for example, I made it the same time simultaneously. So the beans need to be boiled. Okay. I don't boil them, so I just buy them boiled. I go to the supermarket and you get them. They come in a jar, so it's like you put them in the in the pot and then you add water, okay? And you start adding the ingredients. How they make it back home? Uh you take a pan okay while the the beans are boiling in a different pot you take the pan and you add oil a little bit and you should have crushed garlic and salt in a mortar with pestle and you crush and then you fry it there and you add a little bit of tomato sauce and then you put all that in the pot with the boil with the beans okay then you add cilantro you add parsley onion as well sometimes they fry the onion with the crushed garlic so I think that's one of the key ingredients or the key steps, okay? Nowadays, I don't make it that way because, I mean, if I make it for me, it's like, okay, let's keep it simple. And then you add a little bit more of tomato sauce. I said parsley, right? Yeah. Uh, cilantro. Cilantro. That's another key. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last and most important one, the final touch every Dominican mom puts into it, is stock cube. Okay. Like... 10, 7 minutes before it's cooked, it's finally cooked, you add a little bit of stock cube and that's it. So that's the beans. As you can see, a lot of preparation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a, lot of, a lot of steps and a lot of patience. Hmm. And passion. And, and passion, that's yeah. a word as And well. cilantro. And cilantro, yeah. <laughs> and the chicken, what would you do to the chicken? Uh, the chicken, yeah, it requires a lot of preparation as well. Um, ideally, you should season it like a night before or many many hours before you're going to to cook it so first you clean it so that's when the, the lemon comes into play so you will clean it and wash it with lemon once or twice if you want or vinegar in case you don't have any lemon and then you add a little bit of salt okay oregano cilantro uh parsley garlic and again crushed garlic with a little bit of salt Onion, carrots, pepper. I didn't. I forgot to say pepper before. Say uh, cilantro, celery as well. So you let it marinate there. I don't know the night before and the following morning. Morning, so it's like mm, you know you open it and it smells. Then <laughs> you take a pot, add oil, and here comes a secret. Well, secret, you know, like a key thing. Yeah. A little bit of sugar yeah so the sugar is supposed to make it brown and then again be careful and I recommend that you have a lid near you because you're going to be like throwing so to speak 
each piece of chicken into the pot. Maybe dropping. Yeah. Instead of throwing. Yeah, maybe <laughs> dropping. Yeah, I was like, so to speak, because like, I, yeah. I was, no, no, yeah, drop it. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, you drop it piece by piece, piece by piece, and then you let it cook on a medium low high uh, heat. <laughs> and yeah, at the end, well, you will see that it will have no water after five minutes cooking. So you put water in the pot with uh, the remaining vegetables, and then that water you put it in the pot in the pot cooking the, the meat. Mm-hmm. At the end, you add all the remaining vegetables, and again, the top secret, stock cube. Mm. Nice. Yeah. The magic stock cube. I love that we now have a verbal recipe. Like, we've just, this is something, I'm going to listen to this episode again, and I'm definitely going to make this. Yeah, <laughs> step by step. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so tasty. Mm-hmm. I could drop by your place one of these days and teach you how to make it. Oh, we can video it. We can video it. Yeah, I charge. I'm joking. I regret it immediately. Okay. Let's keep. Let's keep it cheap and cheerful. Okay. Cool. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, Abby. That was delicious food and really insightful interview. Thank you. Okay. We're on a mission to avoid repetition with five ways to say. Five ways to say. The five ways to say this week are also all to do with food and eating. What a surprise. Yummy. So the first one is, I made a pig of myself, mm-hmm. which means you ate a lot. Yeah, I made a pig of myself last night on sushi. <laughs> I stuffed my face with sushi. <laughs> that means to eat a lot, to put a lot in your mouth and eat it. Yeah. And also kind of implies... To feel a bit sick as well after mm-hmm. you've eaten a lot, or or regret it a little bit, to, a, bit a little bit of regret. Mm-hmm. There's to lose self control. To stuff your face is similar similar meaning. Just to lose control of your eating habits. Yeah, and we can also say I really pigged out. Yeah, ate a lot. Um, the next one is we can say I'm hungry, okay, or if we're very very hungry, we can say I'm starving. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a bit of exaggeration because starving means dying of hunger, but we say, "Yeah, oh, I'm starving." Yeah, and there's a new word. It. A new word recently entered into the Oxford Dictionary. What is it, Katie? I'm hangry. Hangry, and what does it mean? Hangry. It means to be hungry and angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're in a bad mood because you haven't eaten. Yeah, I get hangry quite a lot. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And the next one is, do you want to take it, Kate? Yeah, so when you, something is so good, when it looks really, really good, and your mouth starts to anticipate you eating it, mm-hmm. it floods your mouth with saliva, and we call this mouth-watering. When something looks so good and you want to eat it, it's mouth-watering. Like the food we tried earlier, Oh, it was mouth-watering. Mouth-watering. Mm-hmm. We also say, the food made my mouth water. Yeah. Oh, it's a bit, it's a bit weird, weird one that one, isn't it? Mouth watering. Yeah, it's a when strange. We well, don't it. think about it too much. Yeah, just, just use just it. Just say it. Okay, and the last one is well, we can talk about different types of restaurants. Now, the restaurants I like in Barcelona are cheap and cheerful. Yeah. So the food's good. Maybe they're not the cleanest places in the world, <laughs> um, but the the prices are very cheap. Prices good. Food's good. Service is good. Atmosphere's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So cheap and cheerful. Yeah. Lots of cheap and cheerful tapas places in Barcelona. 
But on a special occasion, sometimes we want to go to a... Fancy restaurant. Mm, a fancy place. Sometimes they can be a bit pricey. Yeah, which yeah. means a bit expensive. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Fancy dining establishment. Exactly. No one says that. Just say fancy restaurant. A fancy restaurant. So maybe on Valentine's Day, you can go to a fancy restaurant. Did you go anywhere nice for Valentine's Day? Did you we, go to a fancy restaurant? We went to a fancy restaurant, a fancy Argentinian restaurant. Oh, really? That we go to quite often. Meaty. Meaty, meaty. Meat heavy. Yeah, they sell steak by weight. So you buy <laughs> steak by 100 grams. How much is 100 grams of steak? I'm not, I'm not a big meat eater, but how much is 100, 100 grams of steak? 100 grams of steak is like, it's really good for radio, this much. <laughs> <laughs> a didactic reference. Like a small piece of steak. It's not a huge amount. Okay. Anyway, we've gone off topic. Yeah, we really have. <laughs> that was five ways to say uh, on food and eating. We're on. Five ways to say. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Please leave a comment on all of the social medias available. We'd like to thank our sound producer, Ben Ward, and Mark Wilding for doing the artwork and our branding, which looks great. We'd also like to thank Lisa Marie Court, Berenice Ray, Vicky Milena, and myself, <laughs> thanking myself, for the jingles, and Tim Worry as being my co-presenter. And me, Katie Wright, the other co-presenter. Thank you to all of the guests that appeared on our show today, and we hope that you tune in next time for another episode of Two Teas in a Pod. Two Teas in a Pod.